Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I am your host, Josh Lindsay, from the Movie Proposal Podcast, and with us is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hey, Josh, how are you today? Good, Christian. How are you? Good. Are you still in Laurel, Mississippi? I'm still in Laurel, Mississippi, southeast Laurel. It's a little hot down here, but today we got a breeze, so we're happy about that. Uh, and, um, and yeah, I'm still in my grandmother's bedroom. <laughs> All right. And also with us, as always, couldn't do it without him, the awesome, trusty, dusty, research extraordinaire, button-pushing guy, Jason Rugg. Hey there. Hey there. I love uh, it when you get all of his title in there. I mean, uh, without even a stumble today, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Jason. Mm-hmm. You, are you able to announce the stuff now, or are we a, like a day away from announcing stuff? Um, so, yeah, I, I actually I do have some stuff to announce, but I don't know. Do we want to get to me first? I don't yes, know. Yes, let's get yes, to you do. first. I always get to go first. So today's your day, Jason Rugg. Okay. Um, so, uh, Sean McDuffie and I, uh, Sean's my writing partner, creative partner. He and I have launched a Instagram animation channel. Um, so you can go check out, uh, Jax, J-A-X and Sean, C-H-A-W-N. Um, and it, we have some really fun animations that are just, um, really quick. They're kind of like TikToks, you know, that sort of thing. They're really fast. Um, and they're just uh, pretty fun. We're getting a pretty good response. Um, we made the mistake of posting too many things at once. And then Instagram was like, oh, you're a spam account. And we're like, no, <laughs> oh. we're just trying to put some of the stuff we had ready out. So um, we're kind of fighting right now to post stuff and get views on it. Because the first things we posted all got thousands of views. And then now when we post stuff, we get like 80 and that's it. And so we're, we're in this phase called being shadow banned, which, you know, Instagram doesn't even technically do, but when you search for our videos, they don't pop up. So we're, we're kind of in this weird phase of like, we had this really good response at the, at, you know, within the first hour we had 20,000 views, which was awesome. And then we struggled to get over a hundred. So if you want to go check out the channel and uh, give us some support, that would be awesome. It's on Instagram. Um, and I'll see if we can get that link in the description or anything. Yeah, that so would be great. And also Jason and, I was going to say just Jackson Chon, C-H. Chon, Chon with a C, <laughs> C-H. Yeah. Well, and that's a wonderful thing, Jason, for you to share with our audience, because that's a life lesson right there. It doesn't matter if you're a documentary producer or anything else. If you're going to create an Instagram channel, uh, what would you do differently this time? So um, we are trying to hop on like reels, uh, reels on Instagram are the short form vertical videos. And so what we would do differently is we would not put up as many on the first day. We put up six on the first day and we hadn't done anything before that. And so Instagram is like, well, that's weird. Those can't be good. Those can't be high quality or anything. And so they put a lock on our account that we could actually see. We weren't allowed to post things for a while there. Um, and it was just, we just had a big, we have over 40 videos ready to go. So we just wanted to put out some at the beginning so that when people get to the channel, they have a bunch of things to look at. They don't just have like, Oh, they have one video. Okay. We wanted to have a bunch of things. We release a video every day. At least that's still what we're doing. But yeah, so I would, instead of doing one big release on, we started on August 1st, I would trickle them out over a week before that. And then officially launch after we have all those out. Okay. So it was just, yeah. And, and one thing that plays into that is the longevity of the account. So we had just created the account too. It wasn't like we'd had this account for years and had been posting things. And so they knew that we were legit. 
it just seemed like we were a new account that posted a ton of stuff and seemed like spam. So I would just avoid doing that. And also don't repeat hashtags. Apparently if you use the same hashtags, like we used hashtag animation because they're all animation. But apparently if you do that, it seems like spam because you're just doing the same thing over and over. So there's a couple, you have to diversify your hashtags. You have to not post a bunch of things at once. It's just, it's a whole confusing thing. And there's no official guidelines or like, hey, this is what you did. You kind of just have to Google it and figure out like, okay, other people have gotten banned for this. That's probably what we got banned for. So we think that's what it was, but we're not sure. Yeah. And, you know, that's where a social media specialist comes in, quite frankly. It's why I finally got Bethany Valero and Rebecca Uland because um, they have already, and Savannah Woods, you know, they've already made those mistakes. They probably learned them in school. They ran into them on other accounts they were managing. We dabble in social media as personal people, but it is a quite another level when you try to use it for marketing purposes. And at that level, you know, you really need somebody that knows their stuff. I mean, not e- not only about how to post and ha- what hashtags to use, but also how to leverage the things that are at your you know disposal, such as advertisements or boosting or um, you know different campaigns to figure out what your audience is and which ads work better in order to promote your material. You know how to get the best use for your dollar. Um, you know when you're buying advertisement. So, you know, it's early on, people can't afford that stuff, but I would highly recommend trying to partner in some way from the very beginning with someone that is an expert in the social media field so they can advise you because you're right. You know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they do not put out a handbook. You know, if you're going to start on this platform, here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. And maybe they do, Jason, and we don't know about it. Or, you know, we have to watch some sort of video forever to learn those tips and tricks. But anyway, well, I'm sorry that you got shadow banned. I'm hoping that that corrects itself. Now, let me ask you this. What do you hope comes from launching this new channel? So um, one thing we want to do is we just want to get an audience. We want to get people who like animation and like what we're doing. Um, And then... Um, we actually already have um, some people have reached out to us who we know who want to get us on their podcast to talk about what we're trying to do. So um, it's kind of a visibility thing. It's kind of a, hey, this is what we're doing. Just just making stuff. It's just the the advice that we were always giving people is make stuff. And so that's what we're doing is like the reason why we want to make an animation a day is because that's a little bit hard. And that's something that, you know, if you don't force yourself to do it, you're not going to do it. You're not going to get better. So we're writing stuff all the time. We're animating stuff all the time. We're just constantly trying to figure out what we're doing next. And that's forcing us to become better, hopefully. And I mean, long-term, hopefully we would want to get, you know, if you have a million followers, you can go to a network and say, look, we have a million followers on this animated show. We could push people to a new animated show that we're attached to. Why don't you want to partner with us? You know, there's a lot of things you can do when you have a big following. So we're just um, we're just kind of testing it out, seeing where it goes. And, you know, I mean, I don't think we're going to end up with a million followers. We could, but I don't know. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it's just kind of. Go ahead. Yeah. Talk to me about do you have a log line? Do you have a synopsis? Um, you know, in the film business, that's kind of the way we roll. But what what is it in your sector? Right. So 
the idea for this show, we actually came up with this sh- idea for the show um, in 2016, late 2016. Um, that was when Sean and I really first started to partner as creative partners. And we came up with this idea for just an animated, uh, a really easy to animate show about these two guys in an air traffic control center, but in space. And as we went on, we kept, you know, working it and changing it and everything. We were like, well, what if we just made a sketch show like, you know, Robot Chicken or SNL just made a 2D animated sketch show. And so that's what we ended up doing last summer. We made a like eight minute teaser. Christian, you were in it. Josh, you've seen it uh, of this animated show. And it's just a bunch of sketches. And we just jump between different universes and parodies and things like that. And so this is kind of an extension of that. We're doing a lot shorter sketches and we're doing more like one liners and really quick ideas just to, you know, get a funny joke out, you know, just like, oh, I had this idea about, um, you know, like I, I turned a tweet that I did the other day into an animation and it was me as a detective. Um, you know, the proof is in the pudding, but I've eaten 17 pudding cups and I haven't found any proof. And so, you know, you just quickly turn that. <laughs> yeah. And so I turned that into an animation. I turned it into like this noir detective who's just like, well, I've eaten 17 pudding cups and I still haven't found any proof. And <laughs> you just turn it into, you just take it in a different direction and you do some fun stuff with it. And sure. You know, I'm tweeting jokes like that all the time, and so I can just animate them really quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of just an experiment. It's kind of a challenge to ourselves. It's kind of just putting stuff out there and see, see what happens. So, yeah, we're pretty all excited right. about it. That's super exciting. Well, if you guys are listening to this and you're interested in what Jason's doing, please go to Instagram and check out Jax and Chaun, C-H-A-U-N, um, and C-H-A-W-N. see what there you go. C-H-A-W-N. <laughs> uh, Jax and Sean. So we wish you the best of luck for that, Jason. We're going to uh, start watching your social media now and getting updates <laughs> on what's going on with you. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. Well, thank right, you very Christian. much for letting me talk about it. Christian, what's the latest with the girl who wore freedom? Well, thank you for asking, Josh. Um, as you know, I am still here in Laurel, Mississippi. This episode... You know, as of right now, I'm calling it Get Real. Uh, Life affects work uh, because we are still in this mode. Um, I think by the time I get home, I hope I will be home by August 18th, 19th, something like that. I will have been gone from my home for about six weeks, um, which also means that I've had a very challenging time trying to work on, you know, the girl who wore freedom and the brave Dutch and all of the um, events that I have coming up in November. Um, it's been very challenging to manage my father's business. His, you know, he's got a business and he's got a personal life and he's got taxes and he's got, you know, situations I have to handle, including a big gigantic move to an hour and a half away. And there is a lot of emotions involved in all of that for me and for him and for my siblings. And, um, it's, it's very, very emotional, um, along with the actual tasks, So I've been struggling to uh, make any progress on the things that we're working on. There have been some things there. The thing that we can announce this week is that I am thrilled with all of the tweets and videos and uh, messages I've been getting from people that fly Delta and are finding our movie. So that's been super exciting. In fact, today I just read from Vincent Amaril. Vincent Amaril is the consul general from France to the Atlanta area, to the East Coast area. And we had he was involved in our town hall that we did at Delta back in May 
but he had not seen the movie yet. And we had sent him the file, but he just hadn't had time. Well, he was flying back from France just yesterday and he was able to see the movie. And he sent us a long email about, you know, his thoughts about it and what it meant to him. And so that's just wonderful. Friends that I went to church with have now seen it. And I never knew so many people flew with Delta. So it's really great to, um, you know, have texts and pictures and videos from Delta flights all over international and local. So So that was fun this week. Uh, The other reason I titled this, you know, Get Real Life Effects Work is because it isn't just me. I started thinking about over the course of the last three years, things that have happened that have affected our work timeline. And at one point I counted up, I think, 20 cast and crew members that had someone in their immediate family pass away. And it was grandmothers, it was aunts and uncles, it was, you know, parents, it was all sorts of people um, related to our cast and crew that were affected by death. And then that then affected our cast and crew, their time away, their emotions, things like that. In the last three months, I've had two staff members, Melissa Perkins and Erica Kimball, both have major moves. So that disrupted their life and their ability to work on a regular basis. We Ben uh, Hunter, you know, Hunter was really helping us out. We were making a lot of progress when he was running our business affairs. And then he went to officer candidate school and now is in flight school and thought he could help us once he got to the flight school arena. And I uh, I can barely get him to text me back. So, uh, you know, that's slowed down in that area. He brought in Ben Fython. So regular listeners will remember Ben coming on to take over, you know, Hunter's business operations. Well, Ben moved and then he got, you know, extra added things on his day job. And then just recently we found out he's been activated by the Indiana Indiana National Guard and he's going to be out for six weeks. So there, you know, you can only, especially when you're having volunteers help you or you're paying people less than um, full rate, you really do have to be flexible with their schedules. And you have to look at all the people that are helping you in this effort and say, okay, I just have to accept that if we're going to not pay people top dollar, you know, and we're not going to, you know, then we have to accept everybody's schedules and their timelines. You know, if you have all the money you need and money is not an object, you can make things move as fast as you want. But the reality is in independent filmmaking, more often than not, you do not have the money you need. And so you have to rely on friends or family or volunteers. um, And that means it's going to take you a lot longer to get stuff accomplished. And if you're frustrated with that time lag, or if you're frustrated with your staff members, um, that angst infects the team. And I think ultimately slows down what you're trying to do in general. And so my philosophy has been, you know, now I'm the one affected. My philosophy has been when I bring people on, knowing that they are either doing me favors as volunteers or they're accepting a reduced rate, I tell them, I understand that your work, your school, your family, your health is all your priority and it needs to stay that way. And I recognize that this time that you're helping me is a gift of your time. And I am here to receive that as much as you can give, 
But when you need to take time off for any of those reasons, I understand completely. And that means I have to understand the slowdown in our business world of stuff. So that's where I am today, uh, sort of just pondering, you know, how life can affect work. And you can respond to that as an independent filmmaker one of two ways. You can get frustrated, you can get angry, you can get sad, you can get discouraged. Or you can look at that reality and accept it. There's a great saying that I love that says, in acceptance lieth peace. And when we accept the reality of our situation and circumstances, and we trust, this is where my faith comes in, you know, when I trust that God is ultimately working towards my good and life, you know, people say all the time, everything will come out in the wash or everything will be okay in the end. And all those things are true. Um, But I think taking that long lens, you know, and looking at things all the way down and in perspective um, continues to be super important. So I'm saying all this not only to help others, but to remind myself um, this is something that I have to continue to do. Be patient with myself and where I am right now in this season of my life, as well as with others on my team. It, you know, obviously, you know, what you're dealing with, with your dad and so forth is, is difficult, but it, it seems, I mean, you're at the, with the girl of freedom, you're kind of a, in a wait and see mode. There's obviously things you can be working on, but you're not editing the film with Bill Ebel right now. You're not trying to score the film, right? With um, Jeff Kurtnecker and uh, you're not trying, you're not, you're not in France shooting footage. Like it seems like this would be a good time, and you haven't started officially the next project yet. So, uh, although there's things you could be doing, it's more really on the distribution company to be getting stuff done. So, it kind of letting go a little bit seems. Well, I'm very fortunate that this is coming in between this little valley of time that I had. You know, I'm not having to scrutinize every single thing with the girly war freedom. Um, every minute of the day, like I have been in the past, be it in post pre-production, you know, principal photography or post-production or even negotiating, you know, sales. And I'm able, I've already sort of, we've turned over the, all the information for the pitch packet to Virgil Films. They're now working on the pitch packet and going to be making the pitches in September. Um, And I haven't even started to go over for my pre-production Uh, trip over in Holland. That's supposed to come in September. So there is this lull of time. A question about your uh, Virgil and the pitch packet. Have they been given the green light by your distribution company? Well, that was for the Brave Dutch. So we don't have a deal. So, So our deal for the Brave Dutch for distribution is with Virgil Films. Got it. Got it. Okay. So the sub distribution deal is between Virgil Films and FFS for the Girl Who Wore Freedom, if that happens. So, but you're still waiting to hear back from them, right? I'm still waiting because, again, both FFS and Virgil Films are on vacation this week. <laughs> so, so hey, they- that that makes me think of something, Jason. You were sharing with us something about advice on getting your show greenlit. Can you share that with us? Yeah, there's this great video going around on Twitter. Um, I'll see if I can find it and get the link in the description. Um, 
but it's all it's the three easy steps to get your show greenlit but it turns out to be like 27 sub steps on each of those and one of the the steps is like hey you got to make your pitch that's awesome well executives like to go on vacation for about six months out of the year so it'd be a, it'd be about half a year before you hear back from them lawyers also like to take about three months vacations and then the holidays hit and that's another five months and so it just <laughs> whenever you want to get something done people seem to go on vacation. That's just kind of how it is in, in the industry. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, even when you are paying people, let's say we're paying full rate to lawyers and we're paying full rate to, you know, whomever life happens, you know, holidays happen, birthdays happen, um, you know, vacations happen, all of that happens. And there is a lag time, even let's just take Christmas, for example. We know Christmas is December 25th, but you also have New Year's, which is January 1st. And so you know that like a week before and after Christmas, I mean, there's really a three-week period of time where some people may be in and out, but for the most part, they're on Christmas break, right? And so- um, Not to mention like Sundance happens and- the entire exactly. industry shuts down for like a full month. <laughs> yes, it's true. That's absolutely true. So then you've got the whole Christmas holidays, New Year's holidays, and then you've got Sundance. Um, and, you know, there are other big ones too. Um, you know, South by Southwest, Telluride, um, you know, can the industry kind of goes to sleep during that time. So you just have to understand the rhythms of life of the entertainment industry. And you have to take those things in account. And sometimes you can't do that. Your deadlines and your timelines are not everyone else's. And so you may have to end up waiting to get an answer. You know, things happen like, for example, let's talk about our copyright. One of the last remaining things on our E&O list for FFS was the copyright. So, you know, after you write a script, after you have a movie done, you have to have, you have to send your movie, you have to send all the paperwork to the Library of Congress. And we had um, Trevor Schmidt on our podcast a long time ago to talk to us about this copyright process. So you have to do all that, send it in, and typically it's a three-month process. Well, I think we sent ours in January and February. Well, I just got it back, um, I'd say two, three weeks ago. And that's because, I mean, I was so thankful to get it back then because of the pandemic. You know, if you're talking about archival footage, needing archival footage from NARA. Right now, I think I was told they have a three-year backlog because of the pandemic. You know, people can't just now walk in. Used to, anybody could walk in. If you had a camera or if you had access, you could go in and scan photos and you could do all those things. Well, they're not even letting people do that anymore, is my understanding, from Myra Miller, who does that all the time. Uh, they're letting special archivists go in and do those things. But so, you know, there are pandemics that happen, <laughs> apparently, that affect everything. Um, one of the reasons that Hunter is not back helping us is the pandemic has slowed down all of the paperwork time for the military. So even though he's an officer, he hasn't been paid uh, his right rate because all this paperwork got lost because people aren't working the hours they're supposed to work. So there's so much out of your control as an independent filmmaker, it seems. And, and it, I hearken back to what um, Ken Burns said in that introductory masterclass video, where he's like, as an independent filmmaker, you have to you know solve a million problems. And many of them are out of your control. So the question is, are you going to 
look at the long haul, you know, have a long lens of on your project and understand that those problems, there's a lot that's out of your control. What you can control is you can control your attitude. You can control your frustration level. You can control how you treat other people. You can control how you adjust your timelines. It really is on you. And as an independent filmmaker, you're the CEO of your business. And so how you handle those disruptions and overruns and all of that, um, you know, they're going to happen. If you expect them to happen up front, you can game how you handle it, right? Um, and so... Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I think that's the challenge with, with a film where, you know, if you have a job, you know, built into that job often is sick days or vacation time, you know, set hours, that kind of thing. But when you're the CEO of your, your thing, you know, there's no set anything. It's like you're constantly working on it and uh, it's got to get done now. <laughs> and so when life shows up, it makes it a little challenging. So I think you're right. Uh, going in with expectations of like, this isn't always going to go smoothly or there's going to be, you know, things you have to pay attention to other than your film. Yeah. You know, while I'm thinking about it, I just want to share this one thing kind of quickly. This is an offshoot, but it's related as we're talking about being the CEO of your business. So uh, I'm here helping my dad, my dad, who I said owns a business. Um, He actually is also a realtor on top of that, which is a different business. Um, And then there's personal finances. Well, I spent, two hours with a CPA today um, because there was confusion about how to keep those separate income streams separate. And one of the problems that I noticed was, you know, there was a lot of commingling of funds where, you know, there was, you know, a personal, you know, account, there was a a real estate commission account that didn't exist. And then there was a consulting account where there was no money flowing in. And yet there was a shell game happening where funds are moved back and forth and there's no actual invoicing, no actual paperwork. And I'm going to be honest with you. I had to be taught this in the beginning. So if you are functioning with your companies where, you know, there's a whole different range of, you know, single member LLCs, S-corps, sole proprietorships, and there are different IRS laws for each thing, you need to understand, you know, how that interrelates with your taxes. And if you're going to, so for example, I have Taylor Productions, which is a production company. I have Normandy Project, which is a film company. And then I have Living Stories that we're just setting up, which is a nonprofit. Well, that's a lot of businesses to juggle and we have learned that it's extremely important to keep paper trails for everything. So people always say, I'm going to save all of my receipts for my business so that I can itemize on my taxes. Well, the question is, are you using your business's debit card in order to make those purchases? That's, that's an important thing, you know, or are you using your personal one? You know, every single time you have an expenditure in your business, um, do you have a receipt? You know, is it in the right category? Every single time you have income into your business account, is there an invoice that's related? Are you moving money back and forth between accounts so, you know, you've got money everywhere you need it? Well, 
Are you showing that it's an owner disbursement or an owner withdrawal? All of these questions are super important that you understand the implications for moving money around like that and using your business cards to pay for business expenses so that you can claim those as business expenses. Um, and if you don't do that up front, you can pay the price in the end. And, you know, typically if you get audited and there's other problems like that. So uh, my word to the wise today is <laughs> understand, uh, you know, the work life uh, connection and how important it is to keep your balance and maintain your attitude during those slowdowns and things that are out of your control. And also to really look at how you move your funds among your business and your personal and make sure that as a CEO, you're buttoned up on those several fronts. Keep your receipts. And that too. So uh, let me ask you, uh, speaking of money, what, what's the latest with the grant? Yeah. So I have not heard a word from Relief Grant DuPage. I think I probably need to follow up, although they told me they would let me know. So uh, there really is nothing there. Um, we did get, I think I may have mentioned this earlier, you know, Bob and Janie Miller made another donation, which has floated us for another uh, two months, I think, which is just incredibly generous. I'm so thankful for that. Um, and we got a new Patreon subscriber this week. So I haven't even checked to see what his or her name is, but thank you so much for joining us. Um, that's really going to help us uh, as we you know, continue to do and create content and pay people and stuff like that. So, so anyway, yeah, that's kind of where things are this week. Rock and roll. All right. Hey, did you guys hear about the guy that got duct taped to his seat in the airplane? No. What happened? No. Is this a joke? No, it does sound like a joke, doesn't it? This is for real. Um, this is how I'm wrapping the show up today. Uh, <laughs> this, this guy, I think he was drunk. I think in his early 20s. He just sounded like a real pill. But he was harassing the uh, flight attendants, groping the women, punching a gentleman. And so they duct taped him to a seat. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so he's in trouble but I think the flight attendants are also in trouble as well. For you know, I don't know what the pro appropriate response should have been, but I'm pretty sure duct taping someone to a seat is not. <laughs> the response. Although I'm sure yeah, many, you know, really, what do you do when you're over the air and this person is acting this way? What do you do? Can you lock them in the bathroom? That too would be bad. I don't know how you handle that. Yeah, I mean that's where like an air marshal would come in, but you know. There's not an air marshal on every flight. so That's true. Well, Josh, before ending the show on that note, although thank you for <laughs> informing us of that important news, uh, what's going on with the Movie Proposal podcast? What's coming up? What's out there right now? Well, uh, you know, it's summertime, so there's blockbuster films out right now. We just did Black Widow, and I just confirmed with Sky that we're going to do The Suicide Squad next. So, Jason, check out The Suicide Squad. It's a... It's not really a sequel, is it, Jason? Yeah, I don't. Have you seen it yet, Josh? No, because I there's, haven't either. Um, there's, there's tell tell me what it's about, because I don't even know what it's about. So in like so, 2015, they made a movie called Suicide Squad, and it was about all these villains in the DC universe getting sent in to, you know, like, hey, you guys are going to rot in prison, or you could help us save the world. <laughs> and so they they send them in, and it's you know, what are we, some kind of suicide squad? Um, they actually say that in the movie. Um, and it was a big flop. 
most people hated it. It wasn't great. And so now they've released the Suicide Squad (laughs) and it has some of the same actors playing the same characters in the same universe, but we don't really know if it's a sequel or not. Like, no, I don't, I don't even know if anyone has figured it out yet, (laughs) whether or not it's in the same universe. (laughs) So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. I've heard great things. I've heard only good things about this one. It's gotten 97% of Rotten Tomato, but yeah, just because it's a superhero film, I mean, it is, what I've read is, is it's over the top violent, like disgustingly violent. So oh, well, I won't uh, be seeing it then. You'll have yeah, to get it. It's not words. for everybody for sure. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's what's out these days. So we'll be discussing yeah. it next. Well, so how do you, if people want to follow you um, on the movie proposal, Josh, how do they do that? Well, you can listen to the movie proposal. I know on Apple podcast, can they do it on Spotify, Jason? Uh, not on Spotify because we use uh, movie scores in the in the movie and Spotify in the movie proposal we use movie scores and you're not allowed to do that on Spotify apparently. Okay. So is it so uh, it's on Apple Podcasts? Apple Podcasts. You can you can go to theholypost.com and go to podcasts. You can find us there. So if you go you know on your computer, go to holypost.com. And then you can find us on Facebook, the movie proposal, and follow us and chat with us there. And you're also on Twitter. I mean, personally, you're on Twitter. So what's your Twitter Twitter handle? JQ Lindsay. So it's J's and Josh, Q's and Quinn, my middle name. Lindsay with an A at JQ yeah. Lindsay. And then I just want to ask you, Jason, did you see we talked about on the Holy Post podcast about a cinnamon roll bikini? And I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but somebody found the material for you for your cinnamon roll bathing suit. <laughs> to be fair, you're the one who brought up me wearing a cinnamon roll bikini. <laughs> so <laughs> don't say it, my cinnamon roll. It was, it was you. Uh, you didn't <laughs> it really was say me. You're the one who created this monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> I did not recall that. I think I yep. must on the Holy Post podcast say things and i honestly have no recollection after i leave what i have said uh, that's terrible maybe i should be in a home <laughs> yeah. cool well, All right. well hey christian we wish you the best in laurel mississippi and understand it's a challenge but uh it sounds like you're the right person for the job well thank you very much i appreciate the prayers the encouragement and i appreciate everybody who listens um, and for your patients, Patreon supporters, um, I've been working with Mindy Cook who and Marsha um, Snyder, who's helping in our fulfillment department, Michelle Perkins, and we're going to get those perks out there uh, as soon as we can. We're also going to be setting up a monthly live stream, so that's still in the works. It's just my schedule needs to, to free up. So we really appreciate your patience with all of that. Thank you for being Patreon subscribers. It's incredibly encouraging to me in this challenging time. So uh, if you want to learn more about The Girly War Freedom, go to thegirlywarfreedom.com. We have a podcast link there as, as well as blogs that have been written, as well as a shop to buy things and support the film. So uh, certainly find us there. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and you can follow us on all of our social media accounts. We're always putting up you know, wonderful things to learn. And if by chance you feel moved in your heart to make a donation, that is tax deductible. You'll find a donate now button on our website. Uh, and that goes for our um, current overhead and to help pay our outstanding bills for the movie that we have already created. So thank you very much. 
right. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Yes, you can. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we would really appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about The Girl Who Wore Freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email. And sign up for our newsletter at thegirlwhowarefreedom.com. Please go to thegirlwhowarefreedom.com slash donate to make a donation today.